Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, so today uh, it's just me and we're going to be chatting about burnout Um, and also not just burnout, but I think the step that in my mind comes before, which is that feeling of overwhelm at that point where, you know, you can take a step back if you recognize it in yourself and sort of stave off that burnout process. But I think it's something that we are not very good at recognizing the overwhelm in ourselves. So we're talking about that and about burnout more generally and, you know, see what kind of strategies we can come up with. So I guess the first thing to talk about is what is burnout and why is it something that we're talking about more now? Um, And so sort of old news a little bit. Um, So in May, the World Health Organization announced that burnout was going to be included on the ICD-11. So first of all, ICD-11 stands for the International Classification of Diseases. It's on the 11th edition. Um, The current one is the 10th. And so on the new edition, the 11th, it's going to be including burnout as an occupational phenomenon. So not a medical condition in its own right, but something tied to occupations. So what does it say (laughs) in the ICD-10? They describe it. So it sits under that problems associated with employment or unemployment. So for them, it's definitely conceptualized around occupational and employment aspect. They describe it as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. There are three dimensions, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job and reduced professional efficiency. And so that's efficiency is about your ability to to do the thing, if you like. So it refers specifically to phenomena in the occupational context, should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life. So although burnout is very much in that occupational arena, I do think there are similar feelings of depleted energy, that mental distance and reduced efficiency or capability in different dimensions, but it's not viewed in the same way by the World Health Organization as burnout. But I think we can probably all relate a little bit to that feeling of employment and the effect that they can have, and particularly if you're in a role that you don't feel is right for you anymore, you don't feel as aligned with your values and what you want to be doing, possibly because of office politics or the relational aspect with who you're working with and I think you know we spend so much of our day at work or thinking about work that you know is a really big factor in our life and so having those feelings tied to that aspect of our life that chronic stress yeah is is a really big thing isn't it and I think quite often it's it's one of those big domains that we can struggle with. You know, think of your, your career, think of your relationships. 
and think of yourself and you know there are other domains but I, I think they are kind of the big ones about who I am my relationship with my partner possibly with friends and then my career and I think they're the big things that take up a lot of our, our mental energy to think about and you know I don't know if you've ever been in a role that you've just known isn't right for you where you are at your in your life at that time and how how draining that can feel to have to you know muster that energy from somewhere to motivate yourself to stick with it and you can get into that vicious cycle of knowing it's not right wanting to find something different but actually being in it is so draining that you don't have the energy to find something different to do that job hunting work or if it's a completely different change of role actually thinking about what does suit you what would be aligned with your values so I definitely think that occupational dimension is is such a big one because it is such an important part of our lives it's something that we have to do for most of us um we have to work to pay the bills to be able to live and as I was saying last week in in the talk with Anna Marie actually for me personally I think probably I will always want to work because it is a big part of how I find how you know how the meaning in my life comes in it's a big part of what makes life meaningful for me and as you know meaning is one of my big buzzwords and actually I do think it is possible to have joy in your work as well if you're doing something that is right for you that that makes you feel energized and excited to go into work and I'm not a complete idealist, <laughs> quite pragmatic. So it's not always going to be excitement and joy and lit up to go into work. There are going to be tough times, maybe because of the work itself, maybe because of other things in life. But personally, I, you know, that's what I look for in my work, for something that brings me joy that most of the time I enjoy doing or I find rewarding something that is meaningful for me and way back in the first podcast when I talked about my why you know this podcast the coaching that I'm moving into working more in in mental health um with young people mental health people with autism ADHD and mental health that kind of stuff that helping people in that way is the thing that is meaningful to me and I enjoy it it doesn't mean it's not hard sometimes that it's not tiring but most of the time I think that is what we want we want to be excited to get up in the morning and go to work we don't want it to be such a challenge and a drain that you're having to constantly motivate yourself to do it because you know if you think about willpower there's lots of research and, and talk about this that it's this a finite resource and then you can get that decision fatigue where you're having to make too many choices too many decisions consciously it's tiring that we don't have that much capacity for that sort of thing and I think if you're having to use your willpower to actively talk yourself into work then yeah it's it's a a massive drain on those mental resources so burnout now it is an employment related problem classified by the World Health Organization and uh, the World Health Organization is about to develop some guidance um, on mental well-being in the workplace which is really exciting to you know, be aware of it's definitely right up my street <laughs> in terms of the things I find interesting 
And I think, you know, we can probably all think of maybe someone we know or someone we've heard of who has gone through a period of burnout where it has just been been too much that they've had to take that step back from work and, you know, maybe go through a complete change of what they're doing and almost refine themselves again. And I think that is something that maybe, you know, a lot of us will go through in our lives. And I think it's that recognizing the signs and that's something that that criteria had that, you know, not recognizing and not doing something to deal with that chronic stress. So that long term stress. And, you know, it can be really difficult if you are in it, you're having to work, you don't have the time to take, a, you know, a proper break. Um, and if you've got a really busy life outside of work as well, so that your mental resources are already depleted, I guess, when you're going into work, then it makes that more likely to happen. And as I said at the beginning, I think as it's building up to that burnout stage, there is that feeling of feeling overwhelmed, of starting to feel that mental fatigue, of feeling that exhaustion, of starting to disengage from your role and not feel connected to it. And then because of all that, because of that mental fog, because of that distraction, not actually being being effective in your role. And I think we've got this thing where we don't like to admit that we're not coping, do we? And, you know, you maybe think that actually, you know, my work's fine. It's not suffering. It's I'm still doing everything I'm supposed to. And that might be how we perceive it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that is what, what is actually happening and that that's what other people are seeing. Because I think if we're in that, in that, um, and we've got less energy, we've got that distance, we're disengaging, we're not being effective, we maybe don't see it, don't recognize it. And I think, um, think about my own work history, and I'm not sure I've had a full experience of burnouts. I definitely think I've got very close on occasions. And, and I think, oh, well, I mean, I've definitely had the uh, exhaustion, I've definitely had that negativity towards a role and, and wanting to escape and finding it difficult to take that step away because of all those feelings of people pleasing etc etc and definitely I think looking back at it that reduced professional efficiency because when you don't want to be there it can be really hard to be there and to make yourself do the work and be effective and I use that choice of words make yourself quite pointedly because quite deliberately because sometimes it does feel like you're having to make yourself do it and it feels like such a battle sometimes to really be there and do the work when you are just so tired and wanting to to take a step away from it all and I can think of Probably a couple of times I felt a bit like this, but I'm going to talk about two specific times. The first was when I left teaching for the first time, <laughs> about to leave it for the second time, uh, which we'll talk about in a moment. But I had been working for four years at college and I loved, loved, loved working with the students. They were so fantastic. Um, and that was such an enjoyable part of the role. But anyone who's been in education will know that actually that's quite a small part of the role and everything else is so depleting and starting to feel that that negativity towards the role. And I think, you know, the actual teaching was great. My immediate colleagues were fantastic, 
but management more generally was difficult. Um, I experienced workplace bullying in that role and bullying is definitely something that I'll be talking about in a future podcast because you know I experienced it in childhood I've experienced it as an adult and it does have such a massive impact on your mental well-being that is something I definitely want to explore in more detail but I think in this role it definitely contributed to that feeling of not wanting to be there because of not feeling good about going and not looking forward to it kind of worrying what would happen and how how the day would go um and I mean if you've ever had a difficult boss or a bullying boss then then I'm sure you can relate to that feeling of of being on edge and not feeling comfortable to do your role and yeah so I mean you know I was experiencing that I was tired anyway and partly you know I've got um a history ongoing uh, maybe a personal attribute maybe of taking on lots and lots of things um so usually studying working multiple things and I definitely for myself you know I I think it's a case of not really knowing what the right thing is for me what the thing is I actually want to do so being really busy with lots of things trying to get that sense of fulfillment rather than doing the actual thing that makes me fulfilled which I maybe didn't quite know at the time so I was working my full-time teaching role also doing extra shifts and a lot of sleep-ins and doing two master's degrees part-time at the time um I don't do things by half (laughs) basically um volunteering um not really having a social life to be honest um very much all in on that kind of career front and I guess trying to find the thing that fit for me and the thing that really lit me up and I think as I was getting more tired uh, feeling not effective or feeling negative towards my role I wasn't as effective in my role because I just wasn't in the right headspace to be so because you know I was emotionally drained didn't have that resilience because of that and I was always on edge and I, you know, just didn't want to be there because of, of the atmosphere. And so I think it was definitely heading to that to that point. And actually it was the first time ever that I've had really had any time off uh, for illness. I've in my working life very rarely had a day off. Um, and I had to have a couple of days because I needed to take that step back and rest. And that's something that's out of character for me. But it was definitely needed and I remember going in one day and I got into work and I just couldn't I just sort of broke down crying and I just couldn't be there that day and fortunately it was a day when my partner wasn't working and I just you know I I'm a water baby as you may know I grew up near the sea and I just needed to go to the beach and stand in the water at the water's edge my feet in amongst the sand the waves lapping over my feet and just really ground and feel connected so I'd, I phoned him messaged him and we went to the beach and that was just just where I needed to be just to yeah feel connected feel grounded when I you know it was just sort of spiraling not feeling not feeling that at all that was where it was heading but fortunately you know a little while prior to this I'd, I wanted to do some traveling and take a bit of a sabbatical and actually dear friend of mine wanted to as well so actually sort of aligned that at the end of that term 
I was going to leave and then spend some time traveling. And originally it was going to be six to eight months, turned out to be four. But I'm not really sure where it would have been if I'd kept at that role and hadn't had those four months off. And I think it was quite a privilege to be able to do that. Um, It was expensive. Um, I'm still, to be honest, paying the financial implications of that. But I definitely think it was so worth it for my own mental well-being to to take that time out and to travel and to explore. And, you know, I'm sure we could talk (laughs) on a new podcast about travel or broadening horizons and seeing new places. But it was just amazing to to not really have those responsibilities and I mean it was stressful because financially and money is another thing we could talk about a lot (laughs) financially it was difficult but it you know it was amazing and just so needed and the first time in a long time I was just mostly living in the moment um, and enjoying life I say mostly I mean I did a lot of planning of what I wanted to do when I got back of how I wanted my life to change and I left my role my my friend took a sabbatical from her role I left my role so I had nothing to come back to um and that was and that was very freeing and very necessary to get that energy back um and then I went back into teaching um for a short while um in a slightly different role much more specialized and then I took a whole year out from teaching and I went into a role that wasn't really for me and so that negativity towards the role really didn't help with how I was feeling and going through that process of having to motivate yourself to do it. I did it for a year. I felt such guilt about handing my notice in. And I, you know, I, it's an interesting phenomenon that I'm someone who historically has always had really low self-esteem, although it is something that I've been working on and definitely is improving. Um you know, considering how low my self-esteem is, it's almost, it almost feels like a certain type of arrogance when you're like, oh, well, they couldn't possibly cope without me. Um, when, you know, logically they could and that you can be replaced. But, you know, I had this real guilt and this real having to talk myself into resigning from the role and and the notice and, and, and all of that. And, and so it's an interesting thing. And I think it's definitely that ego defense mechanism where, you don't feel that you're important or effective. So you feel that real sense of guilt of letting someone down because your ego is basically saying, look how important I am. They couldn't cope without me. And I definitely think it's somewhere coming from a place of an insecure ego, um, trying to make yourself feel better and more important. And so that took a lot of courage, if I like, and uh, an energy to hand in my, in my notice from that. And if I kind of jump forward a little bit to where I am now, and I'm definitely starting to feel some of this depletion of my energy, distancing myself from a role and reduced efficiency coming in, um, going back into teaching, even even part-time. Again, love my students, but don't love everything else that comes with it. And actually, I did something about it much sooner than I have ever done before and recognizing the flags uh, which we'll talk about um, in a bit but recognizing the warning signs in myself that I'm feeling overwhelmed that I am on this slope and that I need to be proactive and and do something about it so with a lot less guilt than I've ever done before I 
resigned the role, although the nature of education means it's quite a long notice period. Um, so I still have three weeks left. And, you know, I am feeling drained and tired and you know I kind of waver I think between negativity of it and enjoyment because when I have lessons with my students and I feel motivated and I enjoy them and I'm in the moment but you know when I'm just thinking about it definitely feel more stressed but I think one thing that is is helping is that I you know the end is in sight so I know three weeks time it's done and then I've built in some time to defrag, if you like, to to unwind because I know already I'm feeling tired and feeling a bit rebellious, <laughs> not wanting to do anything, uh, and you know finding myself spending more time just watching you know meaningless YouTube videos or playing games on my phone. And I think it's because of that that mental fatigue that not having the brain power to to do anything else so you sort of just disengage and so I know I need to have some downtime so that you know the new year will be uh, keeping one of my other roles that I do really enjoy and definitely gives me a lot of autonomy and space and works really well and going kind of full steam ahead with podcast and coaching and with psyche which is super exciting but definitely before that once I finish teaching I'll have a few weeks before Christmas where I'm definitely going to have some chill time um, and what is going to be great as long as <laughs> I don't get too carried away uh, with enjoying the festive season too much um, is that actually it, it coincides with when the gym is having their Christmas shutdown so actually those couple of weeks I will be working less I won't be up at five for the gym so although I'll still be doing some work I'm gonna have a couple of days just purely off and I might just sleep all day who knows but have a couple of complete down days and then have some reduced energy days just to yeah get some energy back because I think that is it's the biggest thing that is hard to do if you're feeling overwhelmed if you're burning out is to take that time to rest and look after yourself uh, because I think we have this real sense of not wanting to let anybody down not wanting to disappoint anyone a feeling that we maybe are showing weakness or failure by saying we need a break but it's definitely something that we need to do for for our health is to rest and and take some time back and I, do, I mean I don't know if you've heard of adrenal fatigue um it's something it's kind of a term it's not a specific medical diagnosis but it's something that people are talking about more now um and it's a group of signs and symptoms of adrenal fatigue adrenal overload so our adrenal glands is where adrenaline comes from at the top of our kidneys and adrenaline is that hormone that's the kind of fight or flight that stress response so adrenal fatigue is just that they're being overloaded because of stress and and some of the symptoms could be body aches fatigue sleep disturbance digestive problems nervousness that kind of stuff I I feel that that possibly I'm getting a bit into that fatigue the the sleep issues you know that almost being so tired I say yawning (laughs) so tired that you almost can't sleep I don't know if you've ever had that, you know, I, I do this sometimes if I'm feeling really tired, really drained, and I'll be watching a, um, you know, a random YouTube video, for example, and I'll be so tired, but almost too tired to get up 
and go to bed. Um, that might just made me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think if we're feeling this tired and this drained feeling, we need to rest. It's It's hard to do, but I think, you know, we can't just keep ongoing at full speed. We need to take a step back sometimes and rest. And for me, sometimes that's not getting up early for the gym is a kind of easier way to get a little bit more rest in. It's not much. And it's a trade-off because the gym is something that is so good for my mental well-being. But sometimes sleep is more important than, than that exercise. If I'm so tired and drained, sleep is the number one priority. Or it might be I've had a long day at work, I'm, I'm feeling drained, I've still got a long evening, so I'll have a 20-minute power nap, um, and that can be refreshing just enough to be able to be productive in the evening and get through. Um, I keep joking at, um, at work about desk hammocks, uh, it was something invented by some students, I'm not sure what university at, um, but they designed this desk hammock that you have hangs under your desk you can have a power nap which I think is a genius invention and I would love one um I never used to be able to nap I'm not a great sleeper as I've said before yawning again we're talking about sleep <laughs> but actually when I did my teacher training I suddenly discovered this ability to nap and sometimes you know I have my 20 minute power nap and I don't actually nap I just yeah, close my eyes, lie in bed. I might think about stuff, but I'm this is still a shut off from that sensory stimulus that is that's coming in, you know, shutting out the sights, it's quieter, it's calmer. So it's still a chance to to just relax slightly. And it's something that, you know, we can't all have four months off to relax. It's quick. And it can give you a, a little bit of energy to get through. But, you know, if you are getting towards full burnout, then, yeah, taking an, a proper step back, clearing your schedule as much as you can and actually taking that time to rest is what you need is, you know, you can't keep running your body at that level on overload. It's just not just not possible. So let's think about overwhelm which probably someone else has come up with this, but this is how, from my mind, how I can conceptualize it. It's that stage before burnout where you are feeling, starting to feel overwhelmed and you're starting to feel drained. You're starting to disengage. You're starting to be less effective. And I think it's something that sometimes we don't recognize until we're, we're right in it. And actually, you know, having been through this cycle before, for me, I've started to recognize some of my flags, some of those warning signs that I need to get some more balance. I need to take a step back. So flags, you know, you might have, let me, I'll tell you my flags, my warning signs, and then maybe that will give you some ideas about what yours might be. And I've recognized a couple that I have. The first one, uh, and this one I've only realized recently. So I have asthma have my inhaler and that's quite a new thing I've only had it for probably a year maybe tops um because I had this wheezing cough that I've had for such a long time and and I find that the wheezing cough comes back 
sometimes, particularly when I'm getting to the end of the inhaler and need a refill, <laughs> possibly because I'm not getting the, the full amount. But I noticed it had had come back um, last term when I was teaching. And then over half term, it went away. And the last week or so, it's come back when I'm back in term time. And I think this weekend, because I've had a, a you know quite a relaxed weekend, I've not got a huge amount of planning to do. So, and, you know, I've hit the halfway mark until leaving the role. It's gone away again. So it's definitely something that for me has a stress element to it, that the, the asthma is aggravated by stress. And it's something I hadn't noticed before, but I notice now. And so it's something for me to be aware of that I know if I'm using my inhaler to the point that my asthma should be managed, shouldn't be wheezing. And if that cough appears, then there is some kind of stress that is aggravating it. So it's quite, quite an easy one to recognize because it's quite noticeable. Um, another place that I see stress um, and a lot of stress is on my skin. I get breakouts. Um, and it definitely is a sign that I, I, you know, I don't know, my body can't, just can't cope <laughs> with what's going on. It's too overloaded. And so again, it's a nice visual, well, not nice, but a visual thing to sort of say, okay, something is going on. You need to recognize, you need to look into what's going on and look after yourself. So I've got the kind of auditory, my wheeze. I've got the visual. And you know, I think the wheeze partly coming back to that, you know, we, none of us breathe deeply enough. I think we get into this shallow breathing and, you know, if you've ever done any, any breath work or yoga or pranayama, it's amazing. And I definitely feel that sometimes I really am shallow breathing. Particularly if I'm stressed, I think that I'm, I'm rushing, I'm doing so many things. I'm not taking the time to breathe deeply. So take a deep breath now um so I think that another like quick thing is to sit take 10 deep breaths even if you don't have the time to to sit and be mindful to meditate or pray or whatever um you want to call it whatever you want to do that sort of quiet contemplation that focus on the breath and honestly I qualified as a yoga instructor um a couple of months ago now and I don't currently have time to practice yoga um, because of everything else going on. And so that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to putting back in. And honestly, I probably could fit in a quick 10 minute stretch out. But again, it's that energy that it takes to get the mat out and to, to do that, that I don't necessarily have at the moment because of that mental fatigue that we talked about. Uh, same with sitting for 10 minutes and meditating. But possibly you can sit and do 10 breaths you know and it could be I sometimes when I'm at work if I'm I've popped to the bathroom it's like well I can take 10 breaths here and even if that's the only time I do it during the day it's still giving me a chance to sort of slow down slow down my breathing and feel a little bit more refreshed or energized when I go back out of the bathroom so my asthma my wheeze my skin and the other one, and I normally don't notice this coming back in until I'm right in the in the thick of it, but I do have a bit of, uh, or have had a bit of a junk food habits. And I've done a little bit of unpicking of, of what that 
of what that's about. And I think when I'm feeling drained emotionally, physically, I don't have the energy to shop, to cook. I just want something filling, tasty, high sugar, high fat. That's what my body is craving for energy, comforting, warming, whatever. I just want it now. And so that's, yeah, the kind of junk food comes in. And and I often won't notice it until I've done it a couple of times. And full disclosure, the <laughs> passenger footwell in my car looks like a state. And then I'll notice it and go, oh. <laughs> and I think particularly if I'm not in such a mindful headspace, and that is something I've been working on of late. But if I'm not so mindful and I'm just in that passive going through the motions which I definitely think is linked to feeling overwhelmed that just getting through um yeah that I'll come to if you like and I'll notice this uh strewed (laughs) junk food wrappers or whatever um, or chocolate or that yeah that kind of high energy quick fix and and I guess it's that reaching out for I need energy I need something because I'm feeling drained and in that moment, it's you don't have that headspace to think, well, I could cook this healthy, nutritious meal that would re-energize me or give me what I need. It's just that, what can I grab that's quick? So that, again, is a sort of pattern of behavior that for me is a flag that I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, and I think the last one that I'll share is if I'm feeling overwhelmed, then the social stuff goes out of the window. And it's something, you know, I have social anxiety. At times I'm um, quite an introvert. And, you know, I'm not out every night socializing anyway, but I do like to see my friends and chat to people and, and all that kind of stuff. And if I am feeling drained, I don't want to interact. I don't want to socialize. I might cancel plans or I might just take ages to respond to text messages or not phone people back and that kind of thing and it's because that yeah interacting with someone takes up energy and if you're running empty and you don't have that energy then it, it's something that just goes so I think when I recognize that I am shying away from not shying away it's not about shyness when I am stepping back from and not interacting with people then it, then again, it's a sign that, yeah, my energy levels are depleted and that something has to give. And I think, you know, it's so difficult. And I, something I've observed recently in this self-development um, field, I guess, that I'm, I'm finding myself in with this podcast and with the coaching. I mean, I think it would be fantastic if we could all go on a retreat or completely change our work schedule so we're just working from home working for ourselves have that flexibility to really rest recharge to do yoga and meditate every day and to be able to rest when you need to and unwind and etc etc but I think that's very idealistic and I work a lot of hours and partly that is my own choice of of working a lot and it's something that I get meaning from but also there's the the economic reasons of having bills to pay and I think if the only model that we're presenting to people is that you only work a few hours a day you work from home um, and get into this whole social media wellness community that is only a small number of people not everybody can do that nor 
do they want to do that? So it's about how can you look after yourself and be well when you're working a nine to five or you're working shift work. And outside of that, you are, you know, you have a house to maintain or a family to look after. How do you look after yourself when you have all of that going on? And you can't just take four months off to travel, although if you can, absolutely recommend it. But that's not, that's not realistic. And so it's definitely been something I've been thinking about of how to help people in ways that are actually realistic and actually achievable. Things that someone who is busy and doesn't have much time to themselves or, or downtime, how can they look after their own well-being? And I do think that is a lot of where mindset can come in because the way that we view the situations we're in has such an impact on, on how we feel. And the idea of we can choose how we feel, we can choose the emotion that we're feeling. And, you know, with the role that, you know, I spent a year in, but knew quite early on it wasn't right for and felt the guilt about resigning from. I had this off and on throughout the year of really feeling negative towards it and just not wanting to be there. And 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 I really looked at how I was thinking about the role. And if I'm thinking of it purely as a burden, of something I'm just stuck in or have to put up with, then obviously I'm going to feel much more negative towards it. And it's going to have a massive impact on my on how I feel about myself, how I feel about the role, my outlook, all of that stuff. So by sort of reconceptualizing it and seeing it as temporary, so I in my head set a time frame, which actually was when I ended up leaving. And then viewing it as the the positive skills that I would learn from it, the transferable skills I could take away from that or the opportunities they had given me or even that knowledge of actually this isn't for me or you know this hasn't worked in that experience. And so shifting how I viewed it made it much more bearable to get through. And ultimately I still left, um, but it just made that period easier because I had this other story that I could tell myself about it rather than just the I'm trapped it's awful etc etc and it wasn't awful um you know I did enjoy it some of the time it just wasn't right it just wasn't right for me it just wasn't the right role um it was just you know something that I went into possibly knowing it wasn't quite right but maybe it kind of rushed into and to be honest I think it was that not wanting to teach because I knew that that had led to burnout and that wasn't something that would work and you know reaching for something else and so for a year it it filled a gap it gave me a chance to try something else and realize that actually that wasn't right either so shifting that story and how you view something can be really effective to help you get through um and you know I think if you're telling yourself every day I hate this I don't want to be here I'm miserable when you get home, you you don't have the headspace to look for something different, to think about what you do want to do, because you've been in that negative headspace all day. But if you can reframe it and tell yourself, I'm developing this skill, uh, this is what I'm learning. Actually, from this, I've learned that I don't want to do an office role, or I, you know, I, I like working with this group, but um, I don't like customer service. It's giving you useful information. And I think if you can view it that way and see it as temporary, then you're going to be in a much better headspace to be able to do something about it. So mindset 
the story you tell yourself about the role and and we are focusing a lot on career because burnout centered around that but it could also be about other situations in your life and and how you're talking about those and the the story you're telling yourself about them um definitely the naps and if you can clear your schedule and even if it's just for for a temporary amount of time having a day at the weekend where you don't do anything you're just in your pajamas on the sofa and it's maybe not maybe it is a long-term thing of how you want to live maybe it's just a temporary I've got to get through the situation and this is what's going to recharge me enough to get through it but I think having a longer period when you are really drained really overwhelmed and at that point of burnout or you know before that point of burnout is necessary because otherwise you get to a point where it's not a choice of having it it's just something you need you just can't continue um, the way that you have but I think in that overwhelm it's you know when you recognize it it is taking that break having that rest you know it could be then starting to figure out what you do want to do if you know what you're doing at the moment isn't working for you or it might just be that you need to put in other other strategies to help you look after yourself and manage the stress whether that you know for me my my exercise um definitely helps me get through um yoga meditation when I can um and I say when I can in terms of the headspace and mental energy to do them that definitely is something that if you can add in even just small scale small amount to give you a little bit of of downtime but I found for me definitely my my mindset has you know such a big impact and they say you know the way you feel is 10% of the external factors the environmental stuff and 90% how you react to it and you know we talked about that a little bit last week with Anna Marie that view of running 10k and having two completely different views of it based on our own experience or attitudes you know a work situation that you dislike it's not for you you find stressful that's a a way of looking at it is there another way and I think sometimes that's hard I think about my bullying work situation um at the time that maybe would have been quite difficult to try and find positives from I do think it was at the beginning of me starting to step back from people pleasing and be more assertive and really know myself more and my own strength and power so I suppose in that way there is a a positive but it's not something that I would you know I'd wish on anyone or actively seek out even though there has been something beneficial from it but you know one of the things I did do at that time which maybe was a mindset shift was you know taking some control of the situation and I think because I knew I was going on a sabbatical and I knew you know as hopefully we all know this it's not okay to bully and to treat people like that and where I think that we can you know not want to rock the boat and not want to make things difficult because I knew I was leaving I put in a formal grievance and went down that process because I didn't want it to happen to anyone else and someone I felt needed to do something about it and as I was leaving I didn't really have that concern of you know what is it going to mean for me longer term 
I thought, you know, I can weather the storm for the next however many months and then I know I'm leaving. Um, so possibly that didn't help <laughs> with the whole overwhelm and burnout process, but it did give me a way of feeling more control in the situation. And so that is, you know, a mindset shift. If we can feel that it's not just happening to us and that we are in some way in control and doing something, then I think that that can help. I mean, control is a funny one. I mean, we could get into that a lot about the ways we try and feel control in a situation, um, sometimes not some quite unhealthy or unhelpful ways of trying to exert control in, you know, in an uncontrollable situation. But I always think of a a quote by uh, Viktor Frankl, um, the author. uh, So he wrote, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, And uh, it's quite a famous quote. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And I think that is so true that we that we might not think we can choose how we feel or choose how we react, but we have more control over our thoughts and our mindset and the stories we tell ourselves than we, than we maybe think. And, and I really became aware of how far I've come on this mindset journey. Um, yesterday, so Saturday, this weekend actually, um, so I'm, I'm doing a counselling course and it's a step towards ultimately being able to offer counselling and coaching services to people. And, you know, actually... Whereas before I was a real people pleaser, really concerned about what other people think, really anxious. Actually, going into this college day when other people were feeling anxious, I just felt present. I just felt calm. I didn't have any expectations going in. I just had a blank slate. I was just there to see what happened. I wasn't worrying about it. I wasn't I, I even I guess necessarily looking forward to it I was just there just taking it as it as it comes and I think that has been a big shift where I've spent so much of my time living in my head the past in the future that really trying to be mindful and be present and I feel like I'm I'm starting to get there and although you know I'm not doing the sit down meditation I am more present in my day-to-day life and I'm more mindful in my day-to-day life and you know mindfulness isn't just about 10 minutes of focusing on your breathing and then go back to just going through the motions it's about being mindful also when you're out and about and living your day-to-day life and I feel like I'm definitely getting better at that and so really trying to check in with how I was feeling um on the course this weekend was actually really um really validating I guess of really recognizing the journey that I've been on with my mental health um with feeling insecure people pleasing my limiting beliefs and actually really starting to recognize some of the progress and and some of the change um so yeah that was exciting so mindset I mean that's why I'm sort of self-styled as a mindset and mental well-being coach because mindset is so powerful for um, 
yeah, this this transformative effect. It's something I've seen my own journey um, and in other people. And mental well-being, I mean, I just think we all need to look out for our well-being, look out for ourselves, um, which is why I think burnout is such an important topic because, you know, it's not for nothing that the World Health Organization are recognizing it as a condition. I think it's something that if we're not taking time to look after ourselves, is going to just increase in prevalence. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm sat in my living room just talking to myself um, about burnout um, and about mental well-being. Yeah, I just I'm just talking to myself basically, wavering structure. <laughs> so we have talked about what burnout is. We've talked a little bit about some strategies. Um, we've talked about flags. Uh, so I'm just going to summarize the strategies because I feel that it's very conversational, the style, and maybe easy to miss them. So one, learn to recognize your own personal flags. What are the warning signs that you are getting overwhelmed? Learn to recognize them so that you can be proactive and take steps to backtrack from that cliff edge, if you like. Number two, rest. Find ways for you in your day-to-day life that you can get some of that mental energy back, that you can stave off some of that exhaustion. It might be doing activities that energize you. It might be having micro naps um, or having just down days planned in. But find a way that works for you to refresh and recharge. And then three, if you are starting to feel that you are getting close to that burnout, then clearing your schedule and having a longer period of rest and recharging. And it might feel like you can't do that. There's too much on. But, you know, if you keep pushing, if you keep going and you keep building up that stress, then something that maybe would be a week off, two weeks off to recharge, could become six months needed. So that old cliche about the... uh, the oxygen mask on the aeroplane that needing to look look after yourself to be there for other people. And if you run yourself into the ground, you can't be there for other people and you can't be there for yourself. So when you're noticing it, rest. You might be able to do the micro resting. You might need a longer rest, but doing something to recharge and get some of that energy back. And then the fourth thing is that mindset work. If you're in a situation that's making you stressed. If you have a really negative mindset towards it, then you're not going to have the mental energy to be able to to get out of that situation, to change your career, to to change your relationship, to change the dynamic. You need to shift to a more neutral, not necessarily a more positive mindset, because actually, you know, I don't think it is always about being really positive. Sometimes it's just being more neutral and just accepting how things are. And changing the story you're telling yourself, seeing what you're learning from the experience, what you're getting from it, and that more neutral, more positive mindset is going to give you that bit of room, that headspace to actually be able to do something about the situation and help with that feeling of feeling trapped or feeling stuck in a situation and not being in that vicious circle of hating it, but too drained to do anything about it trying to find the positives within it, accepting it as temporary um, and and learning from it. So that being able to shift your mindset. 
there may have been some other steps. I'm not sure. But I think they're the big ones. Flags, micro resting and recharging, longer recharging if you need it, and mindset shifting. That's my thoughts <laughs> for the moment on burnout. Um, I definitely would love to hear your thoughts on burnout, your stories. Um, I've shared mine and this weekend I've had a recharging weekend uh, and I definitely feel that I've staved off that feeling of overwhelm a little bit. My wheeze is gone. Um, I feel able to kind of tackle the next few weeks before I can take that longer period of rest. And, And it might be that logistically for you, you can't just stop things now, but maybe you can plan as I'm doing now get through these few weeks. I'm going to do that micro recharge throughout these few weeks if I can. And then I know I've got that period of extended rest coming up. And hopefully that will help with that whole mindset thing that you can see it coming. You've got something to look forward to. It's not just that relentless stress. So that's where I am. Uh, It is nearly the end of November. So uh, I don't know if you've listened to the bonus podcast Um, But we have a challenge running through December and it's going to be running on Instagram and our Facebook page and it is called hashtag joyful journey. And hopefully it's something that could help you with this mindset shift. And it is about recognizing joy in your day to day life. So there's two aspects to it. There is doing something every day that you know brings you joy. And there is In the same way that you might have a gratitude journal and write down things you're grateful for, writing down things that have brought you joy that day. So three things. So each day there'll be an Instagram post so you can share your own hashtag joyful journey and get some ideas and inspiration from other people. And I think, you know, the festive period as we're moving towards that is the season of joy. It's a time, you know, I know quite a few people who have seasonal affective disorder who start to feel that dip that dip in their mood at this time of year so hopefully it's something that will help with that by having a more joyful outlook but I, I also just looking forward to you hopefully connecting with some of you a bit more and yes feeling the feel of joy in your life and especially if you're starting to feel burnt burnt out this time of year adding in a joyful thing each day it's not going to change the situation massively but you know, it it can have a positive impact on how you feel and on your mindset. Because as you become more attuned to the positive, yeah, you'll feel this kind of shift and you'll start to look more for the positive, look more for joy. So yeah, I really hope that you join us for that. And we will have um, a challenge of sorts, exciting project coming in the new year as well. Again, all about mindsets. Um, So that's something that I will talk about in December. Something else that's going to be coming soon is a sort of roundup podcast. So when we have guests on and in each podcast we try and leave you with some strategies, some techniques, some tips that you can try and implement. And so it's basically going to be a strategy roundup, just taking that section from each episode of some tips and tricks. So if you are feeling the overwhelm, if you're feeling stuck, and you don't have that headspace to really think about what you can do, then these roundup sessions are going to be about every 10 10 to 12 episodes. It's just something that you can listen to and 
and hopefully something from it will resonate it will give you something that you can try so I'm going to pull one of those together and hopefully it's something you'll find useful and you'll find interesting but as always please share your thoughts and share your feedback so that we can make sure we are giving you the information inspiration and empowering strategies that you need to live a joyful meaningful and healthy life I feel a little bit cheesy saying that I will admit (laughs) but you know that is what this is all about and yeah that is you know the aim of the podcast and that is what we are all about so I'm sure it will come with time that I feel less awkward saying it but that is that's what this is all about so please do share your thoughts suggestions ask us questions comments etc etc and you know look after yourself I think the big thing that has come out of this podcast is about looking after your own mental energy and that headspace and learning to recognize things in yourself what works for you and what doesn't when you're feeling overwhelmed um it's about that self-awareness and self-acceptance and personally I think a lot of that comes from being more mindful more in the moment um because if you're too much thoughts going around in your head about the past about the future worries dreams etc then we lose sight of what's happening at the moment and those things that are happening at the moment are what tell us what's what's going on and I think if we're not connected and present with where we are at the moment then we're maybe not going to notice that we're feeling overwhelmed until we are really overwhelmed and at that point of burnout yeah try and be in the moment learn who you are connect with yourself hey go to the beach and ground in the water if you want a bit cold probably in November um but yeah just look after you and we'll chat to you next week bye so that's everything for this episode we hope you've enjoyed everything that's been talked about today and we would love to carry on this discussion so please feel free to tweet us your views your thoughts any questions you have for future episodes Um, and we're on all social media platforms so feel free to follow us wherever you go for your social media fix and uh, we will be back next week with more interesting topics and discussions if you've enjoyed this podcast please do share it with your family and friends or anyone that you think would benefit from it and please rate and review wherever you've downloaded it from so it can reach more people We hope you have an awesome week and we're looking forward to chatting to you again next week. Bye.